everybody. This is Philip Riccobono. You're listening to the Coming to America Baseball.com podcast, lucky number 13. And we are lucky to have Shane Newman here, a Lotte Giants pitcher who has been around Asia and MLB, uh, pitch, pitching for the Pirates, um, also pitched for uh, Little Migo Monkeys in the CPBL. Um, he was also part of the 2000 LSU Tigers National Championship team. So uh, he's been around uh, baseball quite a bit, uh, having uh, been on championship teams. And now he's in Korea, and he's helping out the Lotte Giants. Uh, we'll talk about his record. We'll talk about uh, how he got here to Korea, uh, what he thinks of it, some of the nuances and differences uh, compared to uh, MLB and Western brand of baseball. And also, just to let you know, my documentary is still under production, shooting for an August 1st release, teaser release, that is, teaser release. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. we still got hours of, and days and weeks of, of uh, editing. But without any further ado, I give you Shane Newman. Hey, Shane, thanks a lot for coming on. No problem, man. I'm happy to be able to do this. Appreciate it. So this season, uh, you're six and two, eleven starts, thirty-seven strikeouts, off to a pretty good start. Yeah, um, man. You know, last year coming out the gate real fast and having success. You know, I wanted to be able to repeat that. You know, this coming season, I maybe even exceed that. And from a record standpoint, as far as wins go, I've exceeded last year because I think in a month of in a month of uh, uh, May. I didn't get any wins. I came out the gate in, in the first month of the season in April, had three wins, couldn't get a win in uh, in May. And uh, so far, I've been able to, you know, get three wins and, uh, well, two wins in April and three wins in May and to get a win, you know, on the first of uh, on the first of June. So I've exceeded, you know, the things that I've been able to accomplish early last season. So I just want to continue to keep going in that direction. Shane, this past Saturday, I was down in Daegu. I got to see you a little bit before the game. And, um, you pitched a great one against the Samsung Lions. Um, is this kind of game where you know you, you went uh, into pitched over seven innings, got out of a few jams? Is this kind of indicative of the season? You feel real good after this one? Uh, I mean, going into the game, I, I felt pretty calm, uh, pretty focused on on going out there and bouncing back from a, a lackluster performance against Next in a you know a, a week prior to that. So uh, I just wanted to come out there and, and focus and, and make sure I, I pound the strike zone and. Make the hitter, make those guys from Samsung swing the bats. Uh, that was the biggest thing. Just going out there and staying focused and, and, and staying on top of my game. That was the the biggest thing for me. All right, I got a question that came in from uh, Jung Songchul on the in the cyber world. Um, he said, you know, what, what's the difference between um, your manager now and the manager from last year? Um, last year, I think it was Yang Sung Ho, and now Kim Si Jin. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest difference is uh, number one, he's uh, he's a pitcher's guy. He was a pitcher when he played in the KBO, mm-hmm. so um, you know that's different. You know, you rarely have, no matter where you play in baseball, that like, you rarely have pitchers that are former pitchers that become managers. So you always have that position player guy that that's your manager. So that's the biggest difference. He really focuses on pitching, and um, you know, he's been able to to put together some lineups and do things that. That, that have worked out for us thus far this season and, and, and got us back on track as far as uh, winning ball games and, and getting some team chemistry going. So the biggest thing that his, his, his focus on pitching has been the biggest difference because 
you know, that's what he did when he played. So is it is it work to your advantage, more or less, to have a pitching, a former pitcher as your manager, kind of like they, you know, you're more in tune and sync with them and better understanding? Uh, to an extent. I mean, it's different, obviously, the way guys pitch in career and, and the way foreigners pitch. But um, the fact that, yeah, we have, if you would want to say, we have three pitching coaches now as opposed to maybe only two with our bullpen coach, the actual pitching coach, and our managers are pitchers. So we get... We get we can get advice from three different guys who've had successful careers in the KBO. So yeah, it's helped in that sense just to just to kind of understand how things go game by game, day by day. Whether or not it's a starter or a relief pitcher who who who's counted upon the pitch maybe two or three times in a in a series. So you know those guys have been able to help not only myself but the other starters as well as the relievers be able to bounce back and and keep that positive frame of mind no matter how things go throughout a week or throughout a, a particular game. You're playing for Lotte Giants, who probably isn't the most liked team in the league. But I, I would say, if I was playing for them, it, it's kind of special and a special place to play. Can you talk about that a little bit? What it means to be a Lotte Giant? Well, uh, as far as being one of the least liked teams in the league, this year has been the first year I've heard heard those things. And I think, uh, you know, fans from other teams may not appreciate our fans, but our fans are real passionate and eager you know, to support their team. And, they, you know, they do things that, you know, may be a little bit outside the box to show their love for Lotte. But I don't think there's no better no better place to play. You know, this year so far, our attendance have been down a little bit. But the fans that have been out there to support us game by game, you know, they, they really show how strongly they feel about the Lotte Giants. And to have that support, for me especially, you know, I can't speak on the other other players, but that gives me the, the added motivation to go out there and, and do my best every time I'm given the ball. So, you know, the fan support has been good to push us that extra mile to help us continue to work hard and, and not to give up no matter the score of any particular game. And, um, you know, th- those fans even show their support in the public. So if they, you know, if I happen to run into fans in public, you know, they show that they appreciate what we're doing. And uh, it's easy for me to, to, to show love back to them when, whenever you have people behind you so tough. Are the fans different here than, say, in MLB? Um, I noticed fans are very thoughtful here and, and give, give the players presence who they, you know, personal presence that are they're very thoughtful and thought out. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that, definitely. It is a big difference. I mean, from that standpoint, Phil, you know, with fans showing their appreciation, whether it's whether it's some candy, whether it's donuts, cookies, or or even, you know, bigger gifts that they may, you know, give to their favorite player, it, it's totally different. You, you rarely see that in the MLB, you know, because of certain situations. And, um, you know, secondly, the fan support as far as the cheering and things of that nature throughout a game, it doesn't matter if you're getting your butt whipped or you're whipping the other team's butt, your fans are going to cheer for the whole nine innings. You know, in the States, in the MLB, once a team is down by X amount of runs and it's beyond the seventh or sixth or seventh inning, you know, those fans are, are, are really quiet and they're, they're just watching and, and, and hoping something something good happens, you know, for them to be able to cheer for the team again. So that that in itself is totally different. I mean, you find it weird when you're losing 11-3 and your fans are still cheering. Uh, or you're winning 11-3 and opposing team fans are still cheering. So, you know, that in itself is real, real different. And, you know, the fans are, 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 are so close to you. You know, they they can get close to players here in, in Korea, but in the States, you know, with security and things like that, fans can't get close to the players. So you feel a more personal relationship with fans here than, than you would do in the States. 
And they do it with orange plastic bags on their heads. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, that's kind of like the the rally towels, but 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 I think that's a a little bit of a a more I guess stylish way of of, of uh, supporting your team wearing those uh, orange plastic bags. So that's that's kind of neat. Could you just uh, you, you've we'll talk about your career in a little bit, and it's been I would like to call you uh, a, an international journeyman or at least an Asian <laughs> journeyman. Uh, the only place you haven't hit so far is uh, Japan, if yeah. I'm right. So you played in MLB and you were up with the Pirates. What's been uh, the, the 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 most memorable moment for you in MLB? Well, for me, uh, obviously after have, getting that phone call, uh, getting called into the manager manager's office while in AAA, you know giving me the news that I've been called up to the major leagues. Uh, you know, that was the first thing. I'll always remember that. But uh, secondly, and I guess most importantly, I've, I've never I've never thought about myself being a, a starting pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, I was always a relief pitcher. And, and uh, maybe like 2005, I, I, was, I had the chance to start in double-A. And then again in 2006, I, I went into the season as a reliever. And then, you know, I was put into a starting role again. But I just never thought I'd be a starting pitcher when I'd make it to the major leagues. And to get that to get that news from the manager that, hey, you know, you're getting the ball to start on such and such day, uh, your major league debut will be as a starting pitcher. I never thought that would ever happen. I thought I'd maybe a bullpen guy at most. And to know that your first major league game will be as a starting pitcher, that's that's probably the most memorable memorable thing that I that I'll cherish for the rest of my life as far as being a baseball player you know that let me know right there since I'll be starting I could get my family in town to watch me pitch as opposed to oh they can come and, and hope right. to see me pitch in relief one day so you know that was a that was a big thing for me being named a starter having my family be able to watch my first big league game your biggest out in MLB biggest out I guess I could cherish is uh King Griffey Jr. wow could you tell talk about that what do you remember about that I mean, for me, you know, making my debut obviously in '06 was against Cincinnati. But Griffey had just—he had just gotten hurt. I think he injured his toe and was going to be out of the lineup. So, you know, I was looking forward to facing him, but didn't get the opportunity because of his injury. So, in 2007, you know, while I was back and forth again as a starting the bullpen at the big league level, we played Cincinnati, and uh, I came in late in the game and. You know, he was, he was up to bat. I'd met him a day before that, you know, for the first time, shook his hand and everything like that. He was, you know, he was my idol growing up. You know, I, I tried to emulate King Griffey Jr., especially when I played the outfield and when I batted. So, mm-hmm. you know, to face him was, was huge, man. And um, I guess he was just a blur to me, you know, the last both thing lefties. I knew. Yeah, definitely. Both lefties. And, I mean, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. And, and you know, the only thing I remember is that he flew out to left field on a slider. I don't remember all the things that happened or how we got to that situation, but to be able to get him out was a huge, a huge thing for me, and I always remember that. Wow, uh, toughest KBO hitter. Ah man, it's a few. It's a few guys that are tough to get out. Man, I could name a few. You know, just for me personally, um, and it doesn't seem no matter how well they're doing. Whether they're doing good or not so good, they always seem to give me give me fits. But uh, although I don't care for his antics, I would say uh, Pac Suck Man. He's a uh, he's a real tough out. I mean, he's like the Vladimir Guerrero of the KBO because he'll hit balls that you would never imagine any person could hit. So that makes him a tough out. Um, I don't know his name. You know, no disrespect to him. The the, uh, the other guy would be from uh, Hanawa. He's number twenty five. Uh, he's the left field, I believe. I don't remember his name, but 
I mean, he could be hitting 200, but every time he faces me, man, he, you know, he hits the ball well. You know, he always seems to get hits against me. And um, shortstop from, from Nixon is a tough out also. So, you know, those three guys, I can't really pick one and say, hey, flat out, he's the toughest guy for me. But I would have to have to name all three of those guys. We're talking with Shane Newman, who was part of the uh, national championship team at LSU. Um, last year, I asked you about Ryu and what you, you know, what you thought about him going to MLB. And then this year, I saw you, and you were not surprised with his success. Can we talk about that? Not surprised at all, man. I mean, anybody that follows baseball, and you, if you if you've been in a state your whole life following baseball, and you come to Korea and you see this guy pitch. You know, it's a he's like a he's a can't miss prospect. If you if I would call him a prospect, I mean, he's a veteran guy in the KBO and he's pitching like a veteran guy in the in the majors right now. But um, just his whole demeanor on the mound, you know, he, he has an aggressive attitude out there. You know, he goes right after hitters. He throws a lot of strikes. He uses all of his pitches. He's he's just a, he just seems like a well-rounded, mature guy out there on the mound. Uh, you know, that's that's the biggest thing for him. That's why he's having so much success in the big leagues because you know that. Just being in the big leagues, being under those lights, you know, being surrounded by all those fans, playing against the best of the best, you know, that could take a toll on somebody mentally. But the fact that he has mental toughness and he goes out there and he, he gives you what he has, I think that's 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 the reason he's he's pitching so well right now. He's, he's going to continue to pitch well as, as the season goes and as his career goes in the major leagues. I mean, the Dodgers uh, are really blessed to have him. If they're going to stay in it at all, he's a big reason why. Uh, with with you know you had Granky going down, Billingsley's out for the year, uh, Beckett's out. I mean, this guy's really stepped up. Oh, definitely, man. Uh, you know his body type. Everybody here talks about he's too big, but you know if you look at a CC Sabathia or bigger bigger guys that pitch over 162 game uh, schedule, you know those guys tend to hold up a lot longer and a, a lot better. You know, you want a guy with a little meat on his bone that can sustain 35 starts or however many starts he may get in the big leagues. And, and for him to be able to step in at that time and, and compliment a Kershaw as well as the other starters on the team with injuries coming, you know, that's huge for not only himself, setting himself up for the future, but for the Dodgers that, you know, that makes them feel like they got a pretty good investment. And uh, they just hope that he can continue to stay healthy throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, he did miss his last start, which was uh... – Last night in the States and this morning here in Korea. Today's June 3rd, 2013. Um, he has a sore left foot, and it came uh, last week when he threw the shutout off a comebacker. Ball hit. Here's, uh, here's some things. When I first got here to Korea and watched my first game, and I've been noticing as I, you know, I'm almost here a year, I was like, whoa, what the heck's going on here? Now, these aren't rules, but these are customs. I wanted to just get your take on them. All right. First thing, the first pitch. Okay, we've got that in MLB and everywhere else. But the batter swing. They they put a batter in the batter's box and they swing and miss. Okay, yeah. there's that. Um, throw, when you're taken out of a game, I always like thought like you know the manager's taking the ball from you. Uh, you have to throw it to first, and the manager brings a new ball in for the pitcher. Um, another one, throwing between innings on the field. Uh, pitchers and players coming out of the dugout to greet and congratulate you every inning. How do you feel about those things? Uh, some of them I like, some of them I don't like. Um, as far as the the players and things greeting you after each inning, it shows that they're they're behind you and supporting you no matter you know how that inning goes or how how that game goes when you, once you're taken out. Um, as far as the the changing of balls with the pitchers, 
with the new pitchers coming in. I guess that's cool in a sense. You know, maybe that, that pitcher wants a fresh ball. He may not want that ball that you've been using. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, it is a little bit different because, you know, those guys, as far as the infielders, the ball that the previous pitcher had, they'll use it to warm up and things like that while the reliever comes in and gets ready. Uh, you know, I don't mind that at all. Uh, the throwing on the side, I've seen that in college because we played against a Japanese team in college. And they, we always saw the pitcher thrown on the side. Uh, that's because we only get like four or five warm-up pitches between innings as opposed to eight, mm-hmm. like in the States. So okay. some guys, I think they, they overdo it, thrown on the side, while others, you know, they use it to, to their advantage to, to get warm up. So, you know, that's that's a comfort thing. You know, I do it from time to time, depending on how I'm feeling that particular day, but I try not to do it as much. Um you know, those things are different, and it's an adjustment. The biggest thing is seeing the, the position players more up on the side, you know, doing the first inning or something. If we're on the road, you know, with two outs or one out, position players come out and start throwing a, throwing a ball around. That's a weird thing for me. But uh, as far as the pitchers, I can understand that. Uh, did, what was the other thing that you asked? Uh, um, you, I think we I think we covered it all. Oh, the, okay. the first pitch, uh, <laughs> the ceremonial first pitch. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's, I guess, that – the people doing participating in that, they think the fans are really out there to see them, and they, they put on a show. I really don't care for that because they take entirely too much time. You know, just go out there, throw the first pitch. If they want to put a bat in the batter's box, that's fine. But, um, you know, other than that, just don't take up so much time, you know, greeting the crowd and going through whatever little wind-up you, you're trying to emulate and throwing the ball. Just get out there, make the first pitch, bow to whomever, and, and let's get this game going because that's the fans really really out there to see us, just to see us play, play baseball. I'm looking forward to someone cranking one out of the park for that first pitch. <laughs> well, we've had every other thing but that, so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shane, I know you're pressed for time here, but um, just if you could just talk about a little bit personally. Your your dad is from uh, Africa, and you had made, made a trip over there. And yeah. Can you just talk about that and, and, and give us a little bit about that? Yeah, Phil, I got time for you, man. Don't, okay. don't worry about that. But, Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, my dad was born and born and raised in Nigeria, and uh, made it came out came out to the states maybe in the late seventies, you know, to go to college after you know working a few years, uh, you know, from 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 the time he graduated high school until maybe around nineteen or, or twenty years old, somewhere around that time, and then made his move to the states and, and went to college, and I guess the first university he attended, you know, that's when he met my mom and things, so. Uh, you know, I went there, went to Nigeria back in 05. was a, definitely an eye-opening experience. Uh, just helped me appreciate a lot, of thing, a lot of things a little bit more, you know, just seeing the way people have to live. And, and there, you know, there's no middle class. Either you got it or you don't. So it ain't no in-between, no gray area. So, you know, I, I really spent a lot of my time around the people that didn't really have much. So it helped you see life from a different perspective. And, uh, you know, it was a good experience. I think it that, that trip set my set me up for for things that happened in my career uh after my 2005 season you know uh you know after my trip to Nigeria that later that year I made it to the big league so I think just mentally it set me up to 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 be able to do things and to see certain things from a different perspective and uh I'm looking forward to doing that trip again it was a lot of fun and uh you know to embrace the culture that I've never been around you know I really appreciated that also do you have a foundation that you've set up at all well, I'm actually starting that this after this past se- after the 2012 season. I started setting up some things for me to do, do a few things with a foundation, with a foundation, and start to get back not only to to my hometown, 
you know, Iberia, Louisiana, but also uh, back in Nigeria. You know, I'm helping my dad build build some apartment buildings there in Nigeria right now for some college students. So we're working on a project with that. So hopefully we can get that kicked off and, uh, you know, it continues to go in a positive direction. So, uh, you know, some small things here and there, but, you know, hopefully it can turn into some big things in the near future. Interesting. Uh, we got another another question here from one of the uh, cyber world people. Um, and this this has to do with our, our friend Dan uh, at MyKBO, who I want uh-huh. to plug and who actually put you and I in touch. Um, so I'm real appreciative to him. Um, this, how, how, do, how do you, as a foreign player, find the newspaper and the TV news here in Korea about them? Since uh, you know, Korea does not really release much media-wise uh, in English, um, aside from uh, Jiho Yu, from Yonhap. Really, there's not much in English here. Um, and on TV, it's all in Korean. So yeah. how do you kind of find out about things here? Well, it's hearsay. I mean, for the most part, sometimes teammates may tell me some things. Uh, Also, Ryan Sadowski keeps up here, you know, with the with the uh, with the baseball here also. So he'll let me know some things. And um, other than that, you know, following my KBO with uh, with Dan, you know, maybe I hear some things from you from time to time. Just just a lot of hearsay from friends. But I try to stay out of the papers. I, I was the same way. Like I was the same way in the States when I played. I I didn't want to read the newspaper just to see, you know, to see what what, what was being said, not only about me, but about my team. So uh, for me, I found that a good thing, you know, to stay stay out of the media and not follow that so much because I'm a creature of habit. And if I start thinking about certain things, it'll take me off my game. So, you know, when I hear from friends, hear certain things from friends, it's cool, but I'd rather not, not know about too much that's going on in the news. Okay. Another one from Jung Songchul. He's a, He's a Twins fan, uh, LG Twins. <laughs> is Lotte relying on you and Oxspring heavily? And what do you think about your rotation? I, I can't really say. I mean, obviously, you know, we've had we've had success with wins and things like that. Myself and Oxspring, but uh, Song Sung Jun, he's never he's never a good starter early in the season. He'll show flashes of it, but you know, right about now, this time of year, you know, June, July is when when Song Sung Jun starts to heat up and pitch well. You know, I, I noticed that last year, and, and even going into last year, uh, Ryan Sadowski told me that, hey, man, he never has a, a good start to his season. The first couple of months are always rough, but he always seems to put it together towards the middle of the season and finish it strong. So, you know, you can look forward to, to Song pitching really well in, in in the future, you know, in the, in, a, in the next few months. And, um, you know, that fourth and fifth starter has been somewhat of a revolving door for us. You know, we thought Kowan June would be the guy, but he's been – somewhat inconsistent and it's working things out down in the minor leagues now and uh also i think ej gone is gonna be be huge for us he pitched well uh I believe against um dusan in his first start of the season even though he was supposed to be the fit guy going into the season but things happened to where he didn't get that opportunity to pitch so hopefully he takes advantage of being in that role this year uh from from the time he started against dusan throughout the rest of the season and you know we still have that one starter that that's questionable. Kim Suwan, he had a few good starts, but you know has has had a a bit of a rough time lately. But hopefully he can bounce back, or you know if they decide to make a change and bring uh, Kowan June back, hopefully he comes back stronger and pitches well and helps us win some games. But I think you know our rotation will be fine. Our bullpen was our strongest point last year. I think it'll be our strongest point this year to come in and hold leads. Guys are starting to feel comfortable settling into roles. 
So, you know, hopefully those guys can gain the confidence that, that we had all the last year and uh, continue their success out of the bullpen uh, this season. So, you know, we're looking forward to I think our, our I think our rotation and our bullpen is, is pretty strong and strong enough to compete. And uh, the, the biggest thing for us is just to be consistent. I noticed watching you on TV, you are always out there in the middle of things, cheering people on and pumping people up. Um, is it, I, I mean, who's, who's a real leader on that team? I, I, it's hard to, you know, see from an outsider's perspective, but do you think that you are considered one of the leaders in that clubhouse? I don't, I don't know. I mean, as far as that goes, I, I, I mean, if I had to say, I would say probably yes, but you know, we're missing Hong Sang Hoon a uh, big time, you know, he was that guy last year to keep everybody motivated and, and and positive in that situation, but you know he's moved on. He's with Dusan now, and we have an an abundance of guys that 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 support the team and, and maybe come off as leaders. But uh, I wouldn't con- I would consider myself somewhat a leader just to help guys stay positive and things like that. Because here, you know, guys wear it on their sleeve a whole lot. You know, even when they make the make one of the most toughest mistakes in a game, you know, going a hundred percent, you know, they tend to tend to get down on themselves. So, you know, for me, I just want to encourage those guys to stay positive because I think we have a better team than a lot of people than a lot of people think. You know, I think we, we have a real good team. We just have to play together and, and, and uh, do the basic things. But, you know, we have a bunch of guys that step into that role to support us. Not only me, but, you know, a lot of other players, too. When you're leading and you're talking to guys and maybe I don't know if you're making any speeches in the clubhouse or in the dugout, how much are you relying on the translator? Well, not so much. Maybe like prior to the games, you know, you know, in our meetings, you know, right before we stretch and take BP, you know, if there's some things that I may need to say, then I'll I'll relay relay that to my translator, and he, in turn, will you know, will let the guys know what what it is that I'm that I'm asking or wanting from them. So that's the only time. But during the game, you know, it's kind of easy to explain some certain things with baseball talk, even if it's. Even if it's the language barrier, everybody understands the baseball talk to an extent. So only prior to games, before BP, I use my translator for things like that. Okay, here's one. This will be the last question, and uh, we'll wrap it up then. This is from a, a good friend of mine, Andrew Martin Farrell, who is a Kia Tigers fan, but he's from Ireland and only mm-hmm. picked up baseball a few years ago. So I've got to yell at him sometimes and say, <laughs> stop calling it a match and He's yeah. using the wrong terminology, but his he I mean, I'm very impressed with his knowledge for someone who didn't grow up with the sport. Uh he asks, What does Shane really capitalize really think of the relief pitchers in the KBO? Uh relief pitchers take entirely too long to get ready, for one. Uh especially during the game. The game slows down dramatically once guys come in from the bullpen. You know, between pitches, you know, they need the rosin, they need to fix their head and other things before they get ready to pitch. Uh, you know, that's the only thing. You know, those guys take a little bit too long and slow the game down just a bit as opposed to, you know, getting out there. They know what they have to do. They know what they're in there for, you know, coming out there and doing a job. You know, that's the that's the one thing. And I know a lot of people have been reading and, and, and know that's that's the reason why some of the games are, are taking longer this year than they have in the past is because of the relief pitchers. Um, you know, those guys, just they just set in those ways. You know, it's just a, a, a habit that they have and can't break. You know, they do things a certain way. And, you know, nobody tells them, hey, we need to get this thing going. So I think if they, if they speed up a little bit, it'll be a little bit better. But I think that's the biggest thing that 
I think uh, really dislike about the relievers here in the league. Not my guys, just all the other guys. Mm-hmm. They take entirely too long to uh, to get ready and, and make a pitch. All right. Uh, Shane, if the fans want to get in touch with you on Twitter, it's SDHuman? Yeah, at SDHuman. At, at SDHuman. Um, and then uh, we'll get you some more information later on on the foundation you're going to set up. Uh, uh, I'd like to pass that on to everybody. And uh, anything else you want to say before we go here? Well, not too much, man. I, you know, I really appreciate being on the podcast, and I, I appreciate the questions from the from the two guys that that sent them in from via internet, whether it was Facebook or Twitter. You know, I recognize those names on on Facebook a lot. I see them commenting on things, and so so both of those guys, I, I recognize your names. I may not may not know your faces, but I know your names, and I appreciate the questions. And you know, just want to continue to do well and continue. You know, just wish for the continued fan support. Uh, throughout the KBO, come out and support the games. You know, I know t- attendance is down everywhere in the league. You know, the weather's getting better. You know, teams are getting better. Just come out and support. It's going to be an exciting season. I think it's going to be a lot tougher than it was last year for for teams pushing for the playoffs. I think it's going to be close all the way to the end. So fans, come out and watch those games and support your local teams. Hey, thanks a lot, Shane. Phil, man, no problem. I do that anytime. Okay. Hopefully, I hopefully I gave you enough information that you know we can we can have a successful podcast. Absolutely, got a full thirty minutes in here. Enjoy your day off. Oh, I definitely will, man. It's kind of cloudy today, so hopefully the sun comes out. All right, get down there to Hyundai Beach and hit the waves. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you. I'll see you down the road. All right, Phil, man, Thank have you. a good one. You too. Bye bye. All right, later. Hey, that was Shane Newman from the Lote Giants. What uh, what a really cool guy uh down to earth uh hanging with you know talks to the fans acknowledges the fans and uh really has a pulse on things here in the kb in the kbo uh you know um he's got an inside track to what's going on obviously but it's nice to hear it from uh from a player and uh, we really appreciate him coming on uh got a busy week a few podcasts lined up this week uh just uh, to let you know, coming up uh, in later podcasts, uh, we'll have Jiho Yu back on, John Gibson from Japan, who is a writer over there. Um, we're also going to have the return of Van Walker uh, at my side, uh, co-hosting, along with uh, someone who follows Manny Ramirez over in Taiwan. We're going to finally get uh, some more some more about Taiwan on the podcasts, and um, that's pretty much it. So, on this uh, little overcast uh, day here in Korea, early June, check out baseball uh, around the KBO. Come out to a game. It's dirt cheap. It's like $6 to go in, and uh, the beers are like $1.75, $2. And it's just it's a great time, as Shane said. Hey, so thanks for listening. Um, this is the Coming to America Baseball.com podcast. I'm Philip Riccobono. To uh, get in touch with us, it is coming to a m e r b b. That's on Twitter, coming to a m e r b b. Or you can go to the Facebook page, coming to America Baseball, or our website, coming to America Baseball.com. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Yeah.